Welcome to the Monkeys Fighting Robots podcast with Matthew Sardo. Take your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ass. <laughs> Holy sh! They're actually monkeys fighting robots! You can follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots and on Instagram at monkeys fighting robots. Make sure to download and review our podcast from iTunes and Stitcher. And now, here's your host, Matt. Welcome to the 127th episode of the Movie Show by Monkeys Fighting Robots. Today, EJ and I will explain why we can't have nice things. The Transformers edition. I'm your host, Matthew Sardo. I'm also the co-founder of MonkeysFightingRobots.com. Joining me in the banter is my co-host, movie critic EJ Marino. This is going to be one hell of a show. I I think we both kind of went into this with a different idea of how we'll talk about it, and then we saw the movie, and it's going to be interesting. Uh, I, I'm actually kind of excited, and it's going to be really fun. If you guys do happen to enjoy the show, please subscribe to Blog Talk Radio. Give us some comments. Give us some feedback, especially now that we are completely rebranded. We are now officially the movie show, and yeah, I want to know what you guys think. After Transformers last night, last night, last night's transport no i don't know where we're going with this last night thing my brain is fried after this but i do know that before i go see justice league i am going to watch transformers last night immediately before i watch justice league and that film will be amazing i you know what i'm so glad you're starting out there because i just i have feelings that i needed to express about stuff like that there's things that happen we're just jumping right into this we might get onto some spoilers, which, look, if you're worried about spoilers for Transformers, that's that's a you problem. You should think about what's wrong with your life. <laughs> no, I just – there's things in this movie that I'm like – I've always kind of called Zack Snyder Michael Bay if he went to art school because that's exactly what he reminds me of is he has that, like, visual style that Michael Bay does. But he's pretentious. He likes art, so he references it. This is Michael Bay just being Michael Bay, 110%. And I just think there's complaints that Zack Snyder gets that Michael Bay should be getting. There's the most amount of senseless death in this movie, more than Man of Steel. I Man of Steel and like, I think Age of Ultron was that, like, that height of people being like, oh, all these senseless deaths. But I'm like, every good guy just murdered 100 people in this movie. We're done? Well, we're fine? Okay. I didn't understand why... Megatron had like a hit list of people he can get out of prison because it looked like we were just killing everybody anyway. There was no like good or bad like Autobots. It was just like everyone just killed everybody. And somehow Josh Duhamel just lived throughout the whole movie. All the other soldiers died, but Josh Duhamel, he survived. Which I kind of forget. He's a, he's a wasted person in this movie. I was just like, you came back for a nothing paycheck, my friend. All they had to do is say that that secret military was G.I. Joe, and I'd be like, boom! A hundred percent better. <laughs> I would have walked out less angry, would have been like, oh, look at that universe building, cute. No. <laughs> I know. That I, crack. That would be solid crack. I'd be like, oh, put it in my veins right now. Oh, absolutely. That's uh, that's the new segment on the podcast called Matt Fixes a Movie with One Sentence. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I have like 10 things of why we can't have nice things because this is what Transformers last night does to me. French hot rod. Come on. That I, I'm not even too familiar with that. But as soon as he started speaking, I was like, that's not how he should sign, is it? 
And then they even kind of made a reference to it, and I was just like, oh my god, why? Why? Why is the, like, his offensive stereotypes of, like, accents, and I know... I, it's it's weird. It pisses me off, and I don't even have a connection. So why did it make you angry? Okay, number one, Judd Nelson voiced Hot Rod in the movie. What a waste of Judd Nelson. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I mean, why? Why did you force him to have a French accent? No, 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 in the 86 movie. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Oh, never mind. Good use of Judd Nelson. Oh my god, that would be so much better if it was Judd Nelson with a French accent. Okay, I was just so, okay. I was confused there because I'm like, why would you do that to Judd Nelson? <laughs> and now, ah, uh, everything makes more sense now. No, in the 80, 86 movie, Judd Nelson was Hot Rod. And Hot Rod, Optimus Prime passes the torch to Hot Rod and he becomes Rodimus Prime. So he's like the new torchbearer. So like, that's the worst name I've ever heard. Wow, Rodimus. That's like a porn name. I like that. Rodimus Prime. Okay. If, we, if you're looking if you're looking for EJ this weekend, uh, his stage name will be Rodimus Prime. <laughs> <laughs> so so Hot Rod actually has a stature just below Optimus Prime. So to then just be a French butler who who chooses to speak French. Yes, that was a weird choice, and I will say the only reason he can't be the second-in-command is because that's what we've always built Bumblebee up to be. So, unfortunately, we know, like, you know Hot Rod from that as that, and that's where I'm just like, I don't think, unfortunately, he was ever going to be that because of the position Bumblebee has in that franchise now. But the Unicron story comes out of, like, Hot Rod and Unicron, they run a parallel course. So, I mean, if, if Michael Bay actually, like watch the movie or like read a comic book or anything like he would know this but i mean like that would cause more work than he probably <laughs> wants to do so okay so french hot rod that's number one on my first like it's but then like robot dementia come on are we are we really gonna put down a whole bunch of old people how many different groups can we make fun of in one movie that is a great way of describing it's like transformers the last night are you offended like it's like it's like and not even just purely offensive things. There was no downright like you know middle finger to your face kind of things. Okay, maybe unless, um, unless you. Oh yeah, there was a middle finger to the like Anthony Hopkins. Anthony there Hopkins was walked middle through. Finger. He he walked through the whole movie with his middle finger up the whole movie. You know that's I respect Anthony Hopkins for that. But yeah, I thought the robot dementia was so odd, and it was ways of they're adding such humanoid like aspects to these characters that I'm like. They're fucking robots from a different planet. They don't have dementia. Like, uh, it was, it's just, it's cringy. Like, one of, that's, 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 that's the screenwriter I don't like. One of the seven people, whoever wrote Robot Dementia, I don't like you. What else was going on? So they made fun of every stereotype possible. So if you were a smart person, there was somebody dumb to make fun of you. And I don't, that's something that really confuses me because this is tinged in sci-fi. Yes, this is an action film, but nerds are your bread and butter. Nerds are the ones who watch the 80s Transformers. Nerds are the kids now who love this franchise. And then to be like, oh, that's just geek stuff? Blows my mind that someone, it, it's so broy. This is like a jock making a movie about nerds. And that's how I feel. Yeah, but there was the there is the one writer that we like out of seven because he made the comment. There well, there was the 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 British Megan Fox made the comment that said, you know, only American would put some down somebody for being highly educated. And I was like, oh, there's the smart writer. 
Oh, absolutely. That one writer. I don't know. We have. I just. I feel like we should just pick a name out of the seven and just give it to that person. But no, yeah, there was that writer that I'm like, oh, you, you, we say we're gonna say it a little bit later on. But someone knew what was going on. Someone knew what movie they were making, while everyone else had no idea. And then, um, just when we go down the the dark path, uh, because I I got yelled at because I. I I posted a comment on Facebook about like how my eyes were bleeding after I saw this, and and somebody yelled at me. It was like, "You're a hater. This film is for eight year old boys or kids to sell toys." And I was like, "No, they had fake sex in the study, and that was like a better phone sex call than most people get." Absolutely. That's I would comp- I would actually give it more of a pass if it was a kids movie, like a movie like Captain Underpants. I saw some critics being like. Well, the, the, the humor was immature, and I'm like, the movie's fucking called Captain Underpants. Come on. Come on. Where this were, I, I don't want to say I expect maturity, but, like, if you're going to be making a movie for kids, have kid stuff. This was, like, it's so, and, like, I say it last night. They use the word shit so much in this movie. It's, like, shit, bitch, and ass. It's, like, a kid who just learned curse words, so everything has to end with it. And it's, like, that's how he punctuated sentences, and I'm, like. I don't know if he just changed the rules to PG-13 and Michael Bay was like, oh, I can say shit now. Yay, I'm so happy because it was like if I had a kid, I'm not – I'm a very – I would be a very liberal person. But even I would be like, oh, this is just literally curse words because we can say them. And it, everything everything like that made this not a kid's movie, and I don't think that's fair for kids. Now I'm starting to see what happened in this writer's room. I think the writers just put things in the – film to see what would pass because and everything like, passed and everything because the one writer that we like like uh marky mark and the funky bunch he talked about the the smart educated british girl wearing a stripper dress and i was like why would you why would you say exactly what we were thinking about this and, and then, you know to go on with that it was one of those things it's for Michael Bay liking women to be sluttier, he slut shames a lot. Because I'm like, that whole dress wasn't that like The way he talks about certain things, and I'm like, I thought you were a fan of that. Like, he put her down for dressing like that, but he put her in the dress. Right. Like, it, it's so mind-blowing of how, like, hypocritical a lot of the things are. Especially, like I told you, there would be times where he'd be like, oh, that's a racist joke, my friend. And I'm like... Yeah, you just follow that racist comment up with another racist, oh, we don't know what's going on. It's like, it's so conflicting, and I don't understand. The epitome of this movie is is the British Megan Fox. She scores a game-winning goal in polo and defeats, defeats the guys, and she's like, yeah, the next scene is her not being able to drive. And she yeah, hits it, the car. I'm like, what, are you, what is going on here? It's like, oh... It, it, God forbid she would have just been an intelligent woman from Oxford. Yeah, she'll be a little bitchy. Fine, whatever. She's stuck up English. That's just how we stereotype people. But then it's like, oh, she can't drive. Oh, she kind of dresses like a whore. And it's just like, oh, my God, Michael Bay. I know Megan Fox broke your heart one time and called you Hitler. Chill out. We don't have to keep replacing her and then making fun of her at the same time. And I know that you kind of like some of the Transformers designs, but there's one scene where there's John Goodman fat transformer with a beard standing right next to the same exact design transformer voiced by Steve Buscemi. I will say, yes, I, I thought that was horrible. It's They do that a lot with some of the time, especially during fight scenes where you don't know who's fighting who because it's just a mix of fake metal. But I do think looking at them individually, 
um, Contessa, the kind of the godlike character, was designed beautifully. I do think even Bumblebee and, like, Cogsman, I think they all look good. I think this was just... You could just tell CGI has gotten better, and the visual effects have been updated. I like that. I applaud that. But like you said, there's times where I'm like, mm, mm, we, why we're, we're do not they doing need that. to put facial hair on robots? It is. I don't understand the the trying to make these so humanoid. Especially, I'm I'm a big proponent of this. If we're going to have humans in these movies, the robots don't need to be humanoid. No. If we had no humans at all, I could see it. It's kind of like a Cars thing. Whereas you're just like, oh, we're trying to adapt it more. They've kind of taken over, blah, 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 whatever. It would have been more. But it's like, I don't I don't understand it. It's really odd. I don't understand why Cogsman's there. I don't know why we have humanoid ones. I don't remember that at all. I, I, but Cogsman was the one bright light of this film. Oh, I, I will always. I thought Cogsman was going to be, because I didn't enjoy K2 and uh, Rogue One. So I thought he was going to be kind of that, like, annoying side character but actually we needed him like he was the only one with the good humor in this movie no they and they even referenced that he's like bipolar like this film that once again that's that one writer we like and i want to talk about my favorite joke there's a time cogsman uh basically they're talking about all the stuff that's happening and you just hear the score getting louder and i'm like oh my god these these angels <laughs> they're they're singing so loudly and then you find out it's cogsman in the background doing the soundtrack and i'm like Oh, genius. Like, then you find out, you hear the organ, and you're like, oh my god, this scene's getting so tense. Who's playing the organ? Coxman. It's like, thank you. It's so funny. Those were good jokes. It's not offensive. It's not bloated. It's just, it's just there. It is just an actual, plain and simple joke. And then, if you're going to go for the machismo factor of making this film, you spend all the fourth film introducing the Dinobots... And then the Dinobots disappear in this. Oh, absolutely. I did not understand why. Why were they there? This one. But uh, I'm trying to like group thoughts of like why this exists. One. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's really weird that they would introduce the Dinobots. Put them at the end of the last film and then put them at the beginning of this film and then they're done. Because the Dinobots are so fun. The Dinobots are so awesome, but I don't understand how we how how we have them at the the end of the last movie for maybe 15 minutes and then the beginning of this movie for maybe 15 minutes i don't understand why i don't why does michael bay hate his viewers so much it's an abusive relationship that we're in i mean like i've never been abused in my life but i do understand what's going on because for some strange reason i'm going to go see the uh, the next one whatever 6 is and i don't know why like i'm starting to realize like oh should i not go see the sixth one i mean i don't i don't know well, I, I kind of talk about this in my uh, video review I'm going to do later on, but my whole thing is this this movie is like calling that abusive or that, that X you have at one in the morning and you're like, I shouldn't be doing this. But this is kind of fun. And that's what this movie is. It's like I don't want to support it as a fan who loves art and who thinks like cinema is the most artful industry ever. I'm like, I don't want to give this more money. But at the same time, it's a movie, and it's like it, I'm so conflicted, and I just don't understand why I keep calling this drunk person at 1 a.m. First, what I want to do is I want to request from our audience or the interweb, please find this movie uh, bootleg version and give me just a Cogsworth movie. Like, cut it down to just the Cogsworth scenes and give me that compressed movie. Or if we're going to get spinoffs of this franchise, I will take a Cogsman spinoff any day of the week, especially because he said he's been working 
for centuries now. I'm so here for him going throughout time. But I can't wait to see like what the internet makes out of this film because honestly, I think there is something in there if he, if he had an editor that cut this down from 215 to 90 minutes. Because I remember when, when Optimus Prime shows up and Bumblebee start fighting, I was like, wait a second. So what you're telling me is there's still 45 minutes left in this film. A hundred percent. That's what it was telling you. And it, it's so it's formatted so horribly. There's no actual script structure. There is no there's barely a script. It's like 13 year old boys got together and just put whatever dick and fart jokes they could and tried to tell a story. Yeah. And that's why I'm just like, this is badly paced. And it, not even just the editing pacing. You could just tell the script was horribly paced. So when that scene comes on, which that scene is problematic in its own self. How does Bumblebee not know that he gets tagged? Don't you feel I uh, God, there's so many things that just happen because it's a movie. And I don't think that I sometimes I'm like, cool, that's gonna have to like push the plot forward. But at the same time, you're weakening your characters to push your plot forward. Bumblebee should have known he got tagged. It's dumb. This movie's dumb. And the, yeah, no, I the, <laughs> the film doesn't make sense at all, which is which is fine. Uh and then Nemesis Prime. You're like, oh, big bad prime. And then he's kind of more of a just annoying prime. Annoying, kind of just whiny prime. I and it didn't even last long. I I from what the trailers, this is this is also another discussion. The idea of trailer hype and what they show us to get us in. I was expecting evil Optimus Prime this whole movie. I was like, okay, cool. He's gonna come. Oh, he's back. Okay, cool. Ooh, kick some ass. And then what does he do? He basically does a Batman v Superman save Martha where he hears Bumblebee's voice and is like, I'm not evil anymore. And I'm like, oh, my God, that was it. But that how did it. Bumblebee fix his voice? Love. Love. That, oh, love, love. Love. <laughs> that's exactly what I guess pushed it through was death and love was like, oh, here's my voice. I'm trying to figure this out for five movies. Here it is now. Oh, man. I will say the only voice gag they did earlier in the movie, I thought it was so funny that they gave uh, Bumblebee another voice box and it just happened to be Suri. That was cute. I was just like, uh, once again, that had to be the writer that we like because that was too self-referent. Like, this movie got it at times and then completely was so unaware. And then with it being Pride Weekend, uh, Michael Bay rewrites history for us. Oh, yeah, the gays stop World War II. I am proud of my community for, I guess, killing Hitler. Guess we get credit for that. I said Tarantino basically said the Jews did it in Glorious Bastards. Now the gays got it. Like, who got it next week? Like, here's Steve McQueen's The Blacks Kill Like Hitler movie. Can't wait for that. No, I. it, it just it makes no sense. And it's like things that he's trying to be progressive there. But I'm like, oh, honey, I'm a, no. I don't need you to lecture me about racism and then be racist, or I don't need you to be like, oh, look how cool the gays are, but are they? Like, it's weird. Look how smart this girl is as we pan from her ankles up to her face. Because why would we ever focus on her face first? Yeah, who cares about that? It's like, and it's, uh, I guess being a gay man myself, none of that's always appealed to me. And I'm always just like, I even think I think most straight guys are just like mm, yeah whatever, uh, like he he's so he desensitized his own audience. I think that's what's hurting this movie as well. And I think by now we're just like oh okay. 
If like, he, no, now, if, if he only punches me twice, I feel like we had a good date. Oh, absolutely. And that's just like, I'm not even offended by his like misogynistic ways anymore. It's just like, but maybe that's, I think my problem is like, we, we're just kind of used to this by now with him. We, we're just kind of accepting, well, that's just what Michael Bay does. And is that fair? Should we, should we just stop like pushing it? Or should we continue to be like, no, fix this. Like you are an artist. You should be having a better role in your job and this industry, but no. Like, I don't even, I'm not a big James Cameron fan, but at least James Cameron is pushing the industry with his technology and at least trying to do it with Avatar. Michael Bay offers nothing. There's nothing that I get from Michael Bay that helps Hollywood. I did see an attempt at diversity this film compared to previous films where I feel like he got, there was a Black Knight. Oh, there's oh, sorry, there's one black person this time. Oh, how thank you, Michael Bay, king of diversity. Hashtag thank you, Black Lives Matter from Michael Bay. Yeah, thanks, Matt. But it was the Knights, the Knights of the Round Table. I don't think anybody. I was like, is this Morgan Freeman? Place to put a black person. It's like, really? (laughs) That's that's where we put it. Drunk Merlin. Like, oh god, there's just so much that it's like, I I don't. I know. No, as soon as the movie starts and Drunk Merlin shows up, I was like, oh, oh, the beatings will begin early today. (laughs) Oh, he was whipping us from the get go. He was just like, oh no, we we just just walk in, accept your punch. Was that Stanley Tucci? It was Stanley Tucci. Because like, I didn't realize it until like halfway through the Stanley Tucci, until he turned to Stanley Tucci. Like, I was like, wait a second. That's a really masculine Stanley. Oh, it is Stanley Tucci. I didn't see it, though. I wonder if that beginning was better than the King Arthur movie. Oh, I didn't see the King Arthur movie either. Well, they didn't have the shaky cam, so that was good. Yeah, they didn't have shaky cam, and Charlie Hunnam wasn't forcing his way through that scene, so points. Uh I mean, I do like Jaman Enzu. I mean, I like that guy. He's good. Yeah, but once again, the one, like, the one I black guy, you. the one black guy in the medieval times. <laughs> oh God, man! It's, like, it's so funny with diversity. Sometimes, like that, like you said, with that movie or Transformers, it's like, well, there's one black guy, there's one gay character, there's one unsexualized woman. It's like, mm-hmm, nah. Was there one unsexualized woman? She was 12. No, I still <laughs> felt like he was like, I, I'm going to make her glisten. Well, yes. And that was the same thing what he did last year, or the last Transformers with the Romeo and Juliet law, where that 17-year-old was allowed to date that 20-year-old. And here's the whole reason why. And it's just like, so we just excuse statutory rape? Okay, cool, whatever. In this movie, I'm like, oh, so we just made this like 13-year-old girl a baby Megan Fox? Oh, boy. So weird, man. So weird. So I will say the beginning with her and the other little fake Goonies, I was like, oh, this little kid version of Transformers would have been funny because all of them are immature. The humor and the dialogue works. Like if we're going to write. I live in a condo. I live in a condo. (laughs) Like those little kids made me laugh. And I was just like this because that humor fits the way Michael Bay or his team writes scripts. It's for 13 year olds. So have 13 year old actors makes the most sense to me and then they all disappeared if it was just the kids and the dinobots that would actually have been decent the best transformers movie ever actually <laughs> like i yeah there, there's things in this movie that i'm like oh okay that could have been okay there's just this is the biggest like could have been movie i've seen in a long time oh no 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 because it couldn't have been because it's all stolen like what did michael bay steal in this movie 
Um, I will say he stole the amount of death from superhero movies right now. He stole the beginning the, of Ro- uh, not Rogue One, the beginning of of Force Awakens. Force Awakens. He stole the little name card placements from Suicide Squad when we got to meet Megatron's Suicide Squad. Oh yeah. Because it was like, here's like this person. Their name's gonna come up and little ba- a little bio about them. It's just like, oh my god, Michael Bay, like come on. There's just a lot that like just there's borrowed things. There's homages to stuff, quote unquote. Homages. I think I think homages are basically ripoffs in in Michael Bay's world. Like he's not yeah. homaging to anything. He's like, you know what? We're just gonna fucking use it. That goes against to I always like I think Zack Snyder would be the type to homage. He well one knows how to say homage, as opposed to Michael Bay is just like oh we're just gonna steal that. <laughs> like at least once again it just goes with the intention. I don't think I don't, just Michael Bay just doesn't know what he's doing, and I don't understand why he just doesn't move to R-rated action. But movies. he's really good at product placement. Oh, did you thanks. see the pterodactyl Dinobot toss the Bud Light? to Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch and of the course. Bud Light label was just in focus the whole time. It was beautifully shot. Films the best commercials <laughs> I've ever seen. Like Michael Bay is the greatest commercial director ever. But no, I don't. I cuz I even remember earlier Transformers movies when that damn Transformers turned into that like Mountain Dew thing and was shooting Mountain Dews at people, but every time that shot, we would get a slow-mo and see that Mountain Dew logo. Michael Bay knows what he's doing that. Michael Bay knows how to pay a bill. Oh, I yeah. will I will applaud him for that. He pays bills. That's about it. Oh man. And I even tried to go with uh would this happen in the like in the in the cartoon. Like at the end of the film where everything's crashing, there's smoke everywhere, and out of the smoke comes all the cars driving out. I was like, that would happen in the cartoon. Because I mean, technically it'd probably be faster to just run because you're a giant robot than to transform slow down and then try to drive on uneven grass really fast. I mean, like, you know, that just doesn't make sense, but it looked good. All the dust flying in the wind. I was like, Oh, this is awesome. But no, Michael Bay does know how to film a car chase. Uh, Michael Bay understands purely action. He gets it. Everything else around it. Unfortunately, once again, he can make a great minute and a half action filled Bud Light commercial where they're racing to go get the last Bud Light, and I would be like, wow, that commercial was bomb. Don't want to see a movie, though. I saw that, I think it was Screen Rant, started doing this column, and I feel like I really want to see, I play an homage to it, slash deal. Uh, But they do Rotten Tomato predictions, and so they were predicting that Transformers last night is going to get a 25% of Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm going, that's going to go way under. Seeing like a 10 you know, I will say I think 25 is accurate because there is a lot of critics that aren't as annoyed as us, that have accepted that this is a Michael Bay movie and this is what happens. So unfortunately, their reviews are going to be negative, but they're still going to have that be like, mm, well, it's a Transformers movie. What do you expect? And unfortunately, that's what's that's my problem is we, we just keep giving these movies passes as critics and as audience because – People clapped at the end of this movie. Oh no 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 no! I was gonna. That was my next thing. So, but I want to stay focused. Up okay. On the critic thing. So you're saying that one in four critics will like this film. Like is a weird word. I think they will excuse it. I think they will be like, it's fine. Well, that's how Rotten Tomatoes works. Where like you're just like, hey, did you like or like or dislike the film? It's a yes/no question. 
And I think okay, then I think how it will because I've seen some reviews that I'm like, is that review negative or positive? It was weird, but they gave it a negative or positive. Right. I think even if that review, I think they're still going to one and four will lean more being like, whatever, it's fine, it's a kids movie. Like that one guy said in that comment, that's the kind of attitude I think will some will at least get it to a twenty five. Okay, I'm now leaning towards eight <laughs> percent. You're like, you know what? Your argument made me hate it more. Thanks. <gasps> okay, now to the audience in our screening. There was a guy oh. behind us that fucking loved this movie, and every joke hit him on his funny bone. Oh, let me tell you my theory with that. Michael Bay pays one person every movie to go in and laugh hard at every bad joke to make everyone else attempt to laugh. That's what that guy was. He was the plant. Paid he help? Was, I was paid help? He was paid help to make the movie a, seem to be funnier. Because I don't think any human would have laughed that much during this movie. I got a chuckle out of like, oh, that joke was funny. Or Coxman, when he was doing the, when he was singing the soundtrack, I actually like said, I laughed out loud. I said, ha ha. He laughed at every use of the word shit. He laughed when there was funny product placement everything oh michael bay paid him once again michael bay knows how to pay bills i was laughing during the submarine part for some reason like it was just it was a different point when they were just in the submarine and it was like hogsworth marky mark and the funky bunch uh british megan fox and what was going on and i don't know what was going on in that submarine but it was so chaotic and i i i could visually i could visualize marky mark doing the scene without Cogsworth in it because he wasn't. And I was like, Oh my God, Marky Mark's having a nervous breakdown. Like it was just, like, <laughs> like oh, I want to see that. I feel like Marky Mark got onto set and had like an existential crisis at one point. It was like, I am talking to a giant green block. What am I doing? Like I should still be rapping at this point. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to call Calvin Klein, see what's going on. I was like, these, I'm, these ads are my- still, they're still working. Um, Here's my good vibrations 2.0. I got it. Oh man! That was... No, I will think the audience though. I'm gonna give it. I'm um, maybe like a 60 to 70 percent. I don't think everyone enjoyed it, but I walked out, and that's one of my favorite things. Is I I'm glad we get audience screenings. Sometimes with press only screenings, I think we get a different idea, or at least we don't get the full kind of like view of how this film's being viewed. And I do think, like, kids loved it. I heard one kid was just like, I can't wait for the next one. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to punch you, kid. <laughs> like, you're the reason this franchise is dying. No, this but, is the Donald Trump of movies. <laughs> <laughs> you, I like, you, that sucked the soul out of my body. I was just like, you've never hit me so much <laughs> to, like, close to home. Yeah, this is the Trump of movies. Oh, man. I was just, just like, oh, my God, God does so that many- make Michael Bay Putin? Oh my Ooh. god, I can't Oh, we're going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> well, look, Megan Fox already said he's Hitler. I said he's Putin. This all makes more sense now. Oh my god. I I had more fun talking about this movie with you than watching this movie. Yeah, and we're not gonna put you through a long podcast because if you go see Transformers, that is a long fucking yeah, movie. Yeah, we lo- we learned our lesson with long podcasts. We we shouldn't do it to you guys. Oh man. Uh okay, so we get to rebound. I'm I'm really sad that you're not gonna be able to make it to Planet of the Apes on Wednesday because you know how good that movie's going to be now? You know, yeah. I, I We I, just I, saw the shittiest movie ever. 
oh yeah, we can only go up from here. <laughs> like, and that that is the the best thing. But that night we see Baby Driver. I know Baby Driver. I, I'm I'm up. I'm I'm nervous. It's Edgar Wright who is really good or okay. Like that, those are his two. I've never seen a bad Edgar Wright film. It's either really really good or just okay. So I'm excited for Baby Driver. Don't love the cast to be honest, but I I think it should be fun. I'm very excited to talk about that. Upset. I'm missing War of the Planet of the Apes, but we you know that comes out so much later that I'll, I'll definitely see it when it comes out. I mean I like. Shaun of the Dead. I really, I, I, I like Space. I love Shaun of the Dead. I love Hot Fuzz. Scott I'm Pilgrim. I'm not. Next one. I'm not a fan. I'm not a real big fan of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World because I just can't stand like the concept of it. But I think it's done well. The World's End is just generic. Okay. That's the one. I. That's the one. I'm always just like, eh, well, whatever. But the one thing that Edgar Wright does have, or with with his scripts and stuff like that, and I, I put this more on, uh, what's his face. For writing them, then I'm saying I put them more on Simon Pegg for writing it because I always feel like there's a lull in all the movies where I'm just like, oh, you just need to keep hitting me with jokes and action, but for some reason you hit a lull uh, in them. I mean, Shaun of the Dead, you know, that's my people right there, but Hot Fuzz I felt like had a little lull. So it'll be interesting because I, I really want this movie to be good. And, but I'm I'm worried because what they what I've read and what I've heard is that they picked out the music and then choreographed the car chase scenes to the music and that's either going to be awesome or feel really out of place. Yeah, I, I'm interested in that because we've definitely saw it last year a lot with a movie like Suicide Squad or even this year with Guardians of the Galaxy. Sometimes these like these kind of uh, jukebox movies are hit or miss, and I, I'm worried it's going to be that. I'm also worried because Edgar Wright has really pushed the beginning of this movie, basically telling people to watch out with getting popcorn because I want you to see the the start of the movie. And I'm just worried that basically we're just going to like climax really early and then kind of just sit through a okay rest of the movie because the intro was awesome. My other fear is I love Kingsman's Secret Service, and I'm kind of like – I just don't want it like I, I don't want to get tapped on on British accent movies because I do think that's going to be more of my style. So I'm interested in what this is going to be. I'm a big Kevin Spacey fan. Kevin Spacey's in Baby Driver. Points for that. Well, Kevin Spacey is just he puts on an acting clinic. But what I'm hoping is that we get Jamie Foxx from Horrible Bosses. Yes. Oh, that would be the ideal situation. Just Jamie Foxx not caring, having a great time. Hi, EJ. I got to go. And we got lots of movies this week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Anything to help us recover over Transformers. I can't wait for the next podcast, my friend. Hey, Matt, we survived another episode. Oh, no! Once again, there are several ways to continue the conversation after the show. Follow us on Twitter at Monkeys underscore Robots. You can look at all our silly photos on Instagram at Monkeys Fighting Robots. You can follow me on Twitter at Matthew Sardo. My co-host, EJ, is also on Twitter at EJ Christ with a K. The biggest compliment we receive is when the subscriber number goes up on Blog Talk Radio. If you have a chance, we'd greatly appreciate a review of our show on iTunes. As always, the best way to listen to the show is on our website, monkeysfightingrobots.com. Okay, Lunchbox, let's try this again. There are so many people that made the 127th episode of the movie show a success. Special shout out to my co-host, EJ Marino. Jeff Shade is the creator of our amazing intros and outros. Jessica Wynn designed the Monkey's Fighting Robots logo. Are you a monkey or are you a robot? The staff at Visual Realm built our website and kept us up and running. To all my friends, family, and the interweb, thank you very much for your support. I'm Matt Sardo, and this is Monkey's Fighting Robots.
Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Up to 70% off. That's right. At Court Furniture Clearance Center. Get up to 70% off new retail prices and choose from a wide variety of previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. Sofas from $199.99. Bedroom sets from $399.99. Dining sets from $299.99 and more. All items are court certified, guaranteed, and in stock, ready for delivery or to take home today. Make the smart choice and visit one of our five locations in the DMV or go online at Court clearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off.